Welcome to That Vacation Co. Podcast. As always, it's Caleb and Chanel here with you, and uh, we are continuing in a series that Chanel is really kind of taking the reins on. I mean, she takes the reins on everything in my life. She's the boss. I'm um, just kidding, uh, but I have to... I have to say I'm joking or she'll get rid of me. Um, We are looking at the Finger Lakes. They're lakes that look like fingers, I guess. And if you wonder why we keep referencing that, you'll just have to Google uh, or go to YouTube and search for uh, Finger Lakes Saturday Night Live sketch, but you'll figure it out. Um, Today we're talking about Seneca Lake. And because I've not been to Seneca Lake, something will probably have to be remedied in the future here, uh, Chanel's going to jump in and she's actually going to just go ahead and lead this podcast and give us all the cool information that we need here and uh, just uh, take you on a journey, if you will, through Seneca Lake. Okay, we're so glad that you guys are tuned in today, as Caleb has already mentioned. Um, We are going to be picking up with our Finger Lakes series And today, we're going to be picking up with the largest of the Finger Lakes, Seneca Lake. Um, Last last time, I won't say last week, but the last time um, we covered Cayuga Lake, and now we are covering Seneca, which is the largest. So, um, I'll just jump right in. Again, get it? Because it's a lake. Um, I need to retire that. That needs to be done. Um, so Seneca Lake, it is named after the um, the Seneca Indians, part of the um, Iroquois Nation. I will not try to say the actual native name for the Iroquois Nation because I will just butcher it horribly. Um, but anyway, so this is named after the uh, Seneca Indians. Um, at its deepest, it is 618 feet versus last time, Cayuga's 435 feet. So you can see, just as a reference point there, this is a very deep lake. Like that, it just really kind of boggles my mind to think of water going to that depth. And I know that that's not even that deep. I know that there are lakes around the world that are much deeper. I know that the ocean goes much, much deeper. But still, 618 feet, that just, I, my brain kind of like, um, cowers at that because just thinking of that volume of water and I'll have a little bit more specs here in a minute to to give from that just thinking of that volume of water is very overwhelming to me um just picturing myself as a little blip inside of that lake is very overwhelming to me um so roughly I'll, I'll say this it's roughly half of all the water in the finger lakes in this lake alone that is, again, like that right there is astounding. There are 11 Finger Lakes. And if roughly half of the water of all of them is in this lake alone, that shows you the magnitude of this lake. So here's a little interesting comparison for reference. I just thought this was interesting. This is um, something that was on Wikipedia. And I thought it was interesting because everybody has a reference for Loch Ness, right? Even if you've never been there, you've heard of it, you've heard of the Loch Ness Monster. So I thought it was interesting that they had this little comparison of Loch Ness versus Seneca Lake. So Loch Ness is 22 miles long. Seneca Lake is 38 miles long. The surface area of Loch Ness is 21.8 square miles. That's pretty, I mean, we're talking about a pretty big lake here. The surface area of Seneca Lake 
is 66.9 square miles, so three times roughly as much. The water volume for Loch Ness is 1.8 cubic miles, and the water volume for Seneca Lake is 3.8 cubic miles miles. That is insane. That is a lot of water. However, Loch Ness is deeper at 744, and a half feet at its depth. So just thought you might want to know that comparing Seneca Lake to Loch Ness. Um, because of Seneca Lake's great depth, again, 618 feet, its temperature remains a near constant 39 degrees. So it never fully freezes over because it's so large in volume. And I also read elsewhere that there are underwater springs that feed it and help to churn the water. So again, another reason that it can never fully freeze over because um, those underwater springs sort of keep the water in constant motion. Um, However, in the summer, the top 10 to 15 feet of water, that top layer of water, does warm up to somewhere around 70 up to 80 degrees in, in parts. Um, so the top layers of the lake where where you'd be boating and swimming and doing all that recreation does not stay 39 degrees year-round. That would be incredibly frigid. So it uh, gets to be a nice temperature um, in the summertime. This lake, Seneca Lake, is promoted as being the lake trout capital of the world, and it is the host of the National Lake Trout Derby. Because of its depth and relative ease of access, it is also in use or has been in use by the U.S. Navy to perform and test the evaluation, uh, test and evaluate equipment. So a couple of other interesting things, um, that's the trout, the lake trout capital, um, of the world. And there's a special derby there. I looked into that just a little bit. I mean, super easy search, um, at laketroutderby.org, which is the derby's official website. Um, it states that this derby has been happening on Seneca Lake since 1964. So for 58 years, this, uh, Lake Trout Derby has been going on. That's that's pretty interesting. Um, again, like I mentioned, the depth of this lake, um, because it is so deep, the U.S. Navy can use it to test and evaluate their equipment, which I also think is pretty interesting. Another little thing that this peak, this started to pique my interest really last episode when I began to look into Cayuga Lake um, and looking into and seeing headlines for shipwrecks and things like that that are in this lake. It got me interested what kind of shipwreck would be in Seneca Lake because surely a lake that is of similar size, um, larger really than Cayuga, there's got to be some shipwrecks in there, right? Well, I didn't have a lot of time to dive into this. Um, It takes me long enough with the kids running around the house to put together an episode. Um, So I didn't have time to do a lot of research into all of the, the shipwrecks that are in Seneca Lake. One headline that I saw said, Um, 16 or more ships, you know, at the bottom of this massive lake, Um, probably more that they don't know about. But that's just that's it's fascinating to me. It is so fascinating. So I read one article about one particular shipwreck, and I'll just give you the highlight reel of this one because it was interesting enough to me. So the Onondaga paddle boat Um, from 1860 to 1898, um, was a paddle boat that operated on Seneca Lake. A lot of these paddle boats and steamboats at the time, they would operate 
for transportation um, to navigate and use these major lakes as a as a waterway, as a way of transporting people um, from north to south. And so there was a paddle boat on Seneca Lake during this time frame, the mid-1800s to the late 1800s, and they did use it for transportation. Um, this paddle boat's remains are still in the lake, and it was interesting to me, because the 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 way that this paddle boat wound up on the bottom of the lake, so it was built for the for the fact of transportation again, and ran for quite a while thirty thirty plus thirty to forty years it ran, and um, they decided once it outran its usefulness, I'm guessing the advent of other modes of transportation and just no longer needed, and perhaps the upkeep of the boat was more than it was uh, useful for, they decided to have a big send-off for the Onondaga paddle boat. They decided to blow it up, in a sense. Um, so they, they made a big to-do about it. There were bands. There were fireworks. There was even a hot air balloon. Um, all of this in 1898, so right before the turn of the century, to send this boat off. And they sent it out into the middle of the lake, and they lit it on fire, and they blew it up with dynamite. Um Wow, that's the way they retired this poor old boat. And so its remains are at the at the bottom of the lake. They say it's about eight miles from the North Shore. And um, divers who explore for shipwrecks and things like that did some looking, uh, were exploring Seneca Lake, and they did ultimately find its remains some, somewhere around uh, 2010, 2012, somewhere around there. I'm getting my dates a little mixed up there. But they found the remains of this, this paddle boat that had this incredible send-off off um, enough so that they had onlookers and it was, uh, like I said, fireworks and hot air balloon and, and bandstand and all this kind of stuff. So I just, I, I don't know why I find this so fascinating, folks, but I will move on because I could spend more time talking about all this kind of stuff. But just interesting little pieces of history about Seneca Lake. So notable towns that are around Seneca Lake, I'll just I'm just going to be talking about two of them today. There's so much that could be said, but so little time. Notable towns around Seneca Lake are Geneva to the north and Watkins Glen to the south. So I'll talk about Geneva first. Geneva is home to Seneca Lake State Park um, and New York State Agricultural Agricultural Experiment Station, um, which is a division of Cornell University. Which I thought was worth at least a brief mention since we since we mentioned Cornell University last time, which is located on the south end of Cayuga Lake. So um, they have a branch of the of the college that's up there at the north end of Seneca. Um, State Agricultural Experiment Station. I also just mentioned the Seneca Lake State Park. I have driven by this before as passing through Geneva on my way to the Adirondacks and other various places. It looks like a great place to stop. Just a cursory glance online. Looks like it's got a great splash pad for kids. It looks like a large park. Again, with most New York State Parks, there is a vehicle entrance fee, um, something to be aware about. But this looks like a park that would be worth visiting if you were in the area. Um, On the south end of the lake, and I'll spend a little bit more time talking about this because this is where I have visited um, Seneca Lake. As as we've mentioned in previous episodes, this... uh, Sorry, guys, I just accidentally tapped the mic. Um, We have... um, I have visited all of the Finger Lakes 
um, all 11 of them concluding my journey on, um, concluding my journey this summer. We visited the last three that I needed to see for my, um, to complete that. So, um, but for Seneca Lake, the only real parts that I guess I could really say that I've seen are probably the South End. Although I, I think passing by it in the car on the North End counts for something, but spent more time on the South End. So, um, the South End, we have Watkins Glen, which is home to Watkins Glen International, also known as the Glen. This is a major, um, this is a major car racing facility, uh, for those who are into NASCAR and all those kind of things, Formula One, all of that. Um, I don't know a lot about it, but, I really probably should because growing up, my dad has always been a huge NASCAR fan and it was always sort of something that was in the background at my house, in the background of my life, I guess. Uh, My dad watching NASCAR races on Sundays, just that constant drone of cars going around the track is like the soundtrack to my childhood weekends on um with my dad. So um, this is always something that we mention when, when he talks about us moving up here, when we moved up to New York, Watkins Glen International Speedway. It's, it's kind of a big deal in the racing community. It is also known as the Glen. Um, just a little blurb about it. The course was opened in 1956 to host auto races previously held on public roads in and around the village. So these races were happening um, prior to this, um, but they were rather dangerous, as we'll see. The circuit's, the circuit's current layout has more or less been the same since 1971, with minor modifications after the fatal crashes of Francois Sever in 1973 and J.D. McDuffie in 1991. The circuit is a mecca of North American road, raci- road racing and is a popular venue among fans and drivers. So just a little blurb that I honestly got from Wikipedia. Um, so the racetrack as it is has been there since the fifties, but the races were going on prior to that and they were dangerous. Um, from what I read, they took them, they decided to no longer hold them just throughout the streets of the town due to onlookers getting struck by cars, really. Um, and one unfortunate accident, 10 people were injured and a seven-year-old boy was killed. And it was after this tragedy that they decided to take these races off the streets and put them in an established and a dedicated um, racing facility, which is now Watkins Glen International. Um, so also notable in Watkins Glen, and this is where I'll spend the majority of the rest of my time, um, is Watkins Glen State Park. Um, I was able to spend some time here a few years ago, um, when some friends came up to visit from Louisiana, we decided to visit Watkins Glen State Park in the fall, which is a beautiful time to visit. I think it was early to mid fall. Um, and so there was some beautiful foliage, um, just a great time to visit. It's a great time to visit any of the Finger Lakes in the fall for that matter. It is just a beautiful part of the country. We get a lot of the beautiful color that you you think of when you think of New England in the fall, um, much of New York gets similar, similar beautiful color. So it's a great time to visit um, upstate and western New York. So here's some information on the park itself from the New York State Parks website. Sometimes it's just best to get the information straight from the horse's mouth, the horse's mouth this time being 
the New York State Park website. So Watkins Glen State Park is the most famous of the Finger Lakes State Park. That's a pretty big boast. With a reputation for leaving visitors spellbound. Within two miles, the Glen Stream descends 400 feet past 200-foot cliffs, generating 19 waterfalls along its course. The gorge path winds over and under waterfalls and through the spray of Cavern Cascade. Rim trails overlook the gorge. Campers and day visitors can enjoy the Olympic-sized pool, scheduled summer tours through the gorge, tent and trailer campsite, picnic facilities, and excellent fishing in nearby Seneca Lake or Catherine Creek, which is renowned for its annual spring run of rainbow trout. So there we are with the trout again. In 2015, the park was chosen for more than 6,000 state parks across the nation as a nominee in the USA Today Reader's Choice Poll for Best State Park in the United States, and it won third place. That's pretty good. I thought that was worth a mention. Um, third place out of 6,000 state parks across our nation. So it won that in 2015, and I think it well deserved it from what I've seen. New York State has some of the most beautiful state parks. Not that I have visited a lot of other state parks and a lot of other states, but um, since we have lived here in nearly five years, we have been blown away by the amount of and the beauty of the state parks and how well they're upkept. They are really kept very beautifully and very clean. Um, so like I said, I would very much recommend Watkins Glen. It is beautiful. Having personally been there, I can say that this park is well worth the $10 vehicle entrance fee. Like I said, most New York state parks do have an entrance fee. You get to spend the whole day. If you do this entrance fee, you can pack as many people in your car as you want and you pay one fee and you can spend all day there. I will put this in as a disclaimer about Watkins Glen State Park. There are many steps throughout this park. Because you are uh, traversing a gorge, um, obviously the gorge descends. Obviously, it you know which depending on which direction you're going, you might be climbing up or down these steps. Uh, nothing overly steep that I recall, but still a lot of steps. And due to the nature of the fact that you're hiking in a gorge that has a creek running through it and many waterfalls, like this website boasts, 19 waterfalls, it is going to get wet. So most times of the year, um, throughout much of this park, the gorge trail, the steps in the gorge trail are going to stay consistently wet because you're trekking through an area that has lots of waterfalls. So that's something that I just like to put out there for those who are maybe a bit more mobility impaired, just to be aware that there's a lot of steps and that they do get fairly wet. And a lot of these steps are stone paved steps. So that's another little interesting tidbit that I didn't have a lot of time to look into. But anytime I can mention the CCC, I will. Um, the Civilian, let's see, the Civilian Corps of Conservation. I might have those C's mixed around, but you get where I'm going. I'm not, I need to Google it as I'm speaking, but I'm not. Um, so that was a group. And, and I often mention it because my, my uh, grandfather, my dad's dad was in the CCC back in the thirties. It was um, something that young men would do during the great depression to earn an income for themselves and their families. Um, it was work that they could do. They were often beautifying 
roadways, state parks, maybe even national parks. I'm not sure. I'd have to look into it more. But um, he was stationed out west, I believe. Um, He's mentioned before out in California, Oregon, those areas, um, beautifying state parks, um, conservation of various forms. Um, But here in New York State, I have been to several, at least a couple, at least a couple state parks, maybe more, um, where the CCC was involved in, again, conservation and beautifying state parks and public public lands. So at Letchworth State Park is one such place. They have a wonderful tribute to the CCC. Um, They built much of the beautiful stonework and the stone masonry throughout Letchworth State Park that at this point is, is, you know, um, we're back in the 30s, maybe even as far back as the 20s. We're talking nearly 100-year-old stoneworks and things like that. And so same thing in Watkins Glen. They did a lot of the beautification and the upkeep, the conservation of the gorge and the gorge trail in Watkins Glen. Apparently there was um, a, a massive flood that happened in 1935 that washed away a lot of the previously done um, pathways through the gorge. And so in 1935, they found themselves needing to redo it because this flood washed away a lot of the existing concrete work that was done there. And so in 1935, they replaced a lot of it with stone pavers and things like that. All the steps that you go through and traverse there were were put in place by the um, the CCC to preserve this beautiful state park. So um, just interesting tidbit there. Like I said, I'd love to dive into that more and learn more about that and share more about that with you. But maybe those listening are not always into the history of things the way I am, and they just want to know about these beautiful places. They just want to hear more about them. So I try not to go too far in depth with them. Um, So this is a beautiful place. After visiting here, with my friends, we stopped at a coffee shop in the town of Watkins Glen itself, which is a very small little town. Um, from what I read, the population is just under 2,000, according to the 2020 census. Um, so a very small town, lots of small towns in western New York, lots of beautiful small historic towns. Um, from there, we went to the Seneca Harbor Park at the south end of Seneca Lake. And this is a great spot to get beautiful views of the lake. There is a covered sort of pier there that seems to be an iconic feature for the area. Every time I see pictures um, and um, promotional items of Seneca Lake, it is often featuring this covered pier. Um, it's It seems to be, you know, of course, everything's an Instagrammable shot these days, but it seems to be a well-photographed piece of the lake there at the south end. And it's a great place to see boats and even sailboats and all of this. Um, We were there on a cloudy, windy day, so it wasn't maybe the most beautiful day for pictures. The the lake looked a little angry, to be honest with you, and I was very focused on keeping Olive safe because Olive was probably about mm, three or four at this time and quite the little adventurer. So I was probably very preoccupied with her just not throwing herself into the angry lake. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy getting to see the the viewpoints, the vantage points of the lakes. You know, these Finger Lakes, when you visit them, whether you go to the north end, south end, when you're looking up the length of the lake, um, they're usually flanked by large hills because these lakes were glacier cut 
um, and they just carved out of the they're carved out of the the earth and um, and the the embankments on either side are really beautiful hills so you just get the most beautiful views of lakes surrounded by um, hot beautiful hills on either side uh, they almost look like rivers because they're they're skinny and long when you're looking at them but they're lakes that look like fingers like Caleb has already said um, so that's that's the gist of my Seneca Lake overview. Like I said, this is a brief overview because there's so much more that could be said about this lake. Um, but that being said, if you desire to visit any of the Finger Lakes or the Finger Lakes region, you can look us up. We'd be happy to help you out. We consider ourselves to be uh, Finger Lakes aficionados, and we are growing in our knowledge all the time. As we live in the area, we are learning more and more about this beautiful region. So you can let us help you plan your Finger Lakes vacation or any vacation for that matter. We would love to do it. We love the opportunity to help people fall in love with this beautiful piece of land. And we love the opportunity to learn more about it ourselves. So thank you so much for tuning in today. We are That Vacation Company, serving you the most delightful destinations. 